0: The Patriots are Super Bowl 53 champs. The NBA trade deadline has come and gone. Find out who has been traded, what big names are on the move, and what teams just got a whole lot better. And finally, LeVar Ball thinks that Lonzo is better than LeBron James. Find out my take on that and much, much more. On episode 38. Let's go. Welcome to This Week in Sports. Here's your host, The Pody. What's up everybody? That's right, I'm the Podie. It is Friday, February 8th. I want to thank everybody who's tuned in to the show. Episode number 38. We've got a lot to talk about in this one. The NBA trade deadline has officially passed and Anthony Davis, like I said on the Glorious House of Gains podcast, has not Been traded to the Lakers or anywhere else for that matter. I will get into that. I will get into mostly NBA. That's the meat and potatoes of this episode because there's a lot going on. There was the trade deadline, so we've got to talk about all the trades that took place. And really, I'll sum it up for you. I will catch you up on every big name that has been moved and traded away to this team or that team. There was a number of trades in the NBA. Of course, we also had last Sunday, Super Bowl 53.
1: Tom Brady takes the snap, drops to the knee, and the Patriots have won their sixth Super Bowl title. (laughs) Yes,
0: that's right. If you're sick of the Patriots, well, yeah, they won another championship. Where's the DJ Khaled? Another one, another one, because the Patriots just keep on doing it over and over and over again, and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick will be back doing it again next year. So I will, I'll cover that when I get to the NFL segment, but I don't want to take too long. I just want to get some house cleaning stuff out of the way right quick, and I want to say... I appreciate all my new listeners who are coming over from the Glorious House of Gains podcast. I do want to reiterate that Glorious House of Gains podcast is a top 200 podcast in iTunes in comedy. We fluctuate from here and there. Because listen, we're not going to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to get our ranking up higher. It's not fair to our fans and to the listeners, okay? We're not paying for for views, essentially, right? We're not about that. We're about bringing a great product to the people. And that's what I think we've been able to accomplish now almost one year into that show. So thank you to all those coming over. Glorious House of Gains, you can catch that on pretty much Every single major platform, we are now recently on Radio Public, great little app, little great little website as well. What's awesome about Radio Public is you don't need any bells and whistles. You don't need to create a login. You don't need to sign up for anything. You just download the app, link yourself to Glorious House of Gains. I believe um, you just can search us, Glorious House of Gains, with a Z, You'll find the show, subscribe to it on there, and that is it. You can listen immediately. You do not need to sign up or create any sort of login or password for that site. So it's really cool. And This weekend Sports is on there as well, as well as, you know, the rest of all the platforms, Spotify's and, and such. So, okay. Um, oh, and one more thing before we get into this, I do want to mention this. I produce this show, This Week in Sports, on anchor okay anchor.fm if you want to go to that website check it out they have a great app they were recently bought by spotify this week so congratulations to them it doesn't mean anything for this show it's only going to get better so um where was i going with this yes okay so if you don't already know about Anchor. If you want to spice this show up and help me out because I guess you could say it might get a little boring just listening to my voice, my stagnant, the same voice over and over each and every week, although I try my best to spice it up. I think I did a really good job last week. I got some good feedback that people said that was one of my best podcasts ever, um, so that was pretty cool. I was really fired up for that one. So um, if you want, you guys can always hit me up on Twitter. I'm still t- I'm still tinkering with my with my name. I was about to pull the trigger last week and change my Twitter handle from at Anthony underscore M U L D. You can hit me up there. Still, I was. About to pull the trigger on switching that to at the podi because it became available, but I kind of shied away from it. I was, it was a little sentimental type of thing. I didn't want to really lose my handle that I have now because it's the only one that I've known. So I did not pull the trigger and then I thought about doing it again right before the show started. But it was already taken. So if you have any questions, anything you want to say about the show, anything at all, you can hit me up on Twitter. But what's really great about Anchor, now this is where you would have to download the Anchor app if you don't already have it because you probably don't listen to my show on the Anchor app. I only get a few listens from the actual Anchor app. But if you are kind enough or you want to help the show and you want, to be, you want your voice to be heard you can download the Anchor app. I believe you could sign in using your Facebook account or something or maybe Twitter. I'm not 100% sure on that, but uh, you could go on there, sign up, and then you can search my show and you can actually, this is what's really, really great. I wish we could do something like this for the Glorious House of Gains podcast, but we're about a year in and you know we're going to be tweaking that show as well and maybe we'll do something like that. But you can leave me an actual voice message that I can play back over the air on, say, the next episode. So it would be you asking your question or giving me your feedback or anything like that, and you could actually be heard on the show. So I think that's really, really cool. So once again, if you guys go ahead, download the Anchor app, you can leave me a voice message, and I believe it's completely anonymous. I mean, it will tell me your username. So uh, if you don't want your name to be known... Or whatever, or if you're a little shy and timid, I don't know the age demographic of my listeners, but um, trying to keep everything PG here. So if if you listen, don't listen to the first couple episodes if you're say uh, under the age of uh, 14 or so, because there was some cursing in those first couple episodes. So I apologize for that, but I've since cleaned it up. But yeah, if you if you don't want to be heard, if uh, rather if you don't want your name to be read, you kind of want to stay anonymous. You can just put plug in your. Uh, a, a different username that that nobody will recognize you from, or even you could just put your first name and uh, your you know you don't have to put your full last name, just an initial or something, whatever pleases you. But I would th- I think it would be really cool to start playing some feedback, some questions from my listeners, kind of like an actual sports radio show where people call up, fans call up to the show, and their opinions, their voices, their questions, concerns, comments are heard. And then I give my take on what I just heard from them. So I think that would be really cool. And um, I'd appreciate it if you guys would take some time to do that. So yes, I want to thank all my new listeners because the numbers are going up slightly. So thank you, everybody that listens. I really, really do appreciate it. So now, now that I've taken care of all that, we can get into it. We'll start with Real quick, just quick little nuggets from college, the college uh, game here, starting with college basketball. Oh, and I did want to mention, I forgot to mention this last week, UConn women, they lost for the first time in a really, really, really long time. It just popped in my head last week, um, that was either Friday or Saturday, and they lost to... Shoot, I can't even remember. I'm botching this already. They lost to Oh my god. Um Baylor, was it was it ba- Yeah, they lost to Baylor. That's right. Baylor. They had never beaten a number 1 ranked team, I believe, something like that. That was a final of 68 to 57 and uh yeah, that was a pretty damn good game, but Yukon women uh they finally lost a game. It seems like they They win every single year. And I believe, I think it was my dad that texted me earlier today that UConn women have won 20 games or more in every season in the past, I believe it was 26 years. So they've won at least 20 games for the past 26 years or so. So, uh, yeah, unbelievable stat right there. So... um, Without further ado, we'll start with college basketball. NC State had to mention this because, wow, what a poor performance. I mean, epic fail. So NC State went into Saturday's matchup against Virginia Tech as the number 23 ranked team in the nation and all they did was go out and lose 47 to 24 that's not an error that's not a a misprint i swear to god that it was the fewest points by a ranked team in the shot clock era and it is also the fewest points in a game for nc state get this since they beat duke 12 to 10 in the ACC tournament in 1968, which, of course, was the lowest scoring game in ACC history. Nobody will ever beat that. That's a freaking football score. So, um, yeah, I imagine that was well before three-point line or any of that good stuff, but wow. So, uh, yeah, had to mention that. And then on the college football side, we have some news here. FSU has dismissed their star quarterback, DeAndre Francois, for, well, get this, no shocker here, sadly, no surprise, this was a day after his girlfriend posted a video on her social media account in which a man is seen threatening to assault a woman and hit her in the face, which we all assume was Francois, the post tagged him, hence why we assume it's him, and tagging means it just it tagged him, like put his handle there, so you know basically that's him. a little bit about Francois he struggled badly last year. there was some talk that he might not return or or transfer whatever, but he was their starter for most of last year, and yeah, he was set to return as their starter for twenty nineteen so that's a big blow for fSU and then on the flip side of that, Ohio State gets some great news former Georgia, excuse me, former Georgia quarterback, Justin Fields, has been granted immediate eligibility, an immediate eligibility waiver by the NCAA. That was literally minutes ago. Um, So yes, that means, all that means is that he is eligible to play right now now. So he has a very good chance to slate in as the Ohio State starting quarterback come September or August, if, you, if you'll if you say. So yeah, that's big news for Ohio State. Okay, now we can get into it. We'll, well, we actually don't have too, too much from the NFL. I mean, we do, but it's not the big storyline as it was most of the season here on this week in sports but obviously i want to start with the super bowl you heard the uh you heard me play the um that piece at the beginning of the show with um them winning so the let me find it here real quick don't want to screw this guy this up guys okay so the patriots are super bowl 53 champs they won by a final score of 13 to 3 yeah uh, I hope you guys took the under, because sadly, sadly, I did not, and I always do this to myself. Really, who wants to bet the under? It's it, it's the worst bet there is. Like Nobody wants to bet the under. It's no fun to watch a game and, and hope that they don't score a lot of points. There's nothing fun or exciting about that, but um, I went to bet this early in the week. It was 56.5 was the over-under line okay i go to bet this i think saturday or sunday morning before the game and i see the line drop to 55 and a half and i know as a seasoned better, i know that's never a good sign when the line is changing like that and i for a split second i said uh, do i want to take the over and i threw some money on it not a it was chump change not a lot at all um and sadly, yeah, it was 13-3. to They never even came close. The Rams are lucky they even scored any points in this game. They were held scoreless in the first half for the first time in the Sean McVay era. I mean, that just goes to show you how unbelievable Bill Belichick is as a head football coach and as a defensive-minded guy, because man, oh man, we're talking about two top four offenses in the National Football League, and he held one of them to zero points in the first half, something nobody has been able to do in the first two years that Sean McVay has been head coach of the Rams. So I mentioned lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. Sony Michel he scored the lone touchdown for the Pats late in the fourth quarter that pretty much sealed sealed it for them. Uh Julian Edelman had 10 catches for 141 yards and was your MVP. It was not Tom Brady this time. It is the 6th Super Bowl championship for the Pats which ties them with the Steelers for the most all-time. And um for those of you that watched fully through you you know that the halftime show was lacking a lot. I personally am a big fan of Maroon 5, so I like Maroon 5. I wasn't paying attention too much. I know they played a lot of their older songs, but um they had the SpongeBob thing and and Travis Scott, which I'm not a fan of, so but anyway, it was overall it just wasn't a great Super Bowl because people want to see scoring in this day and age. It's all about the touchdowns and yada yada yada, but so, um but it was yeah, a big time defensive game. And uh, the Patriots, they are victorious, so congratulations to them. And no surprise, really, it was the lowest-rated Super Bowl since Steelers-Cardinals exactly 10 years ago, which really surprises me because I thought Steelers-Cardinals, that Super Bowl, that Santonio Holmes touchdown catch with the toe drag in the end zone and the James Harrison 100-yard interception return for a touchdown. I really thought that was one of the best Super Bowls I ever watched in my life. It might have been number one, actually, um, until the Jets make it there in the foreseeable future, hopefully. But Okay, I don't want to spend too much time on the Super Bowl because, really, I know everybody's over it. The commercials—they were okay, yada yada yada. Okay, so let's move on, and we'll talk a little bit about the Dolphins in a su- not uh, not a—I wouldn't say surprising move, but in a under the radar move because I I didn't really see it published many places so if you're an avid fan like myself you might have seen it but you also it's possible you might have missed this because I didn't really see anybody talking about it too heavily but the Dolphins have decided to release Ryan Tannehill okay if they release him which I'm I don't know that they maybe that's why I haven't heard much about it because I don't know if this has become official yet I don't know that they have officially released him but they do plan on releasing him. And there is no plan from the Dolphins. They've said this. They have no plans to go after one of the major free agent quarterbacks, like a Teddy Bridgewater, you know, like a Nick Foles, who not a free agent, but they could trade for him. They don't plan on going after any of these guys. So I don't know what their plan is, but I guess they're trying to rebuild. I I mean they have a decent pick in the draft, so maybe they will trade up and try to get a quarterback, maybe a Kyler Murray, something like that. I don't really know. But um, yeah, so they they've released Tannehill. He really just can't stay healthy. He's not their franchise quarterback that they hoped he'd be when they drafted him top 10 out of AM all those years ago. Next, Usain, Usain Bolt, the fastest man alive recently retired sprinter he all he did was uh he ran the 40-yard dash time at the super bowl in sweats and a t-shirt for god's sakes and all he did was tie john ross's 2017 record of 4.22 seconds on that 40-yard dash time so uh no sweat for uh for the fastest man in the world and then speaking about nick Foles, okay the i kind of i kind of gave this one away but the eagles are going to pick up his 20 million dollar player option no you don't have to worry Eagles fans he's not going to be on the, the roster um they are going to pick up that option and then they plan on trading him and the consensus that I'm hearing is that they are looking for and probably um are going to be comfortable getting a third round pick in return for Nick Foles so Foles on the other hand he can pay two million dollars to buy his way out of that option, but the Eagles could also then franchise tag him before he hits free agency, so it's a it's a lot going on there. Okay, next up, we have a big-time Hall of Fame class from 2019, including Champ Bailey, Ed Reed, Tony Gonzalez. Those were the big names. Then you have lesser-known guys like Ty Law, Patriot. He played for the Jets, the Chiefs. You have my man, Center Kevin Mawai of the New York Jets and then safety Johnny Robinson. They also made it. And Pat's uh excuse me, Broncos owner, Pat Bolin and former Cowboys VP of player personnel, Gil Brandt, were also named in the in the um into the Hall of Fame. And I, I read the name Pat for Pat Bolin, and it got me thinking about the Patriots and that Super Bowl real quick. Oh, my God. Okay, so I have video evidence of it, and I posted it to Twitter. But we all know in Tom versus Time, he was seen kissing his slightly old uh, son on the lips, which uh, we all thought was a little weird, okay, because his son was like 10 or 12 years old. maybe. Okay, maybe a little bit younger, but I still thought he was a little old for him to be kissing him on the lips. Well, guess what? After the Super Bowl, I watched on live television, on CBS, and I recorded it of Tom Brady smooching right on the lips with Robert Kraft, owner of the Patriots, who's probably 100 years old. So that's even weirder. I don't know what the hell's going on in in Tom Brady land, but I just wanted to point that out because, wow, was that bizarre. All right, but I digress, so let's move on. We have some awards that were handed out. Obviously, the season's over, so MVP, Rookie of the Year, all that good stuff. Here we go. This was on Saturday. No real shocker. Mahomes beat out Drew Brees for MVP. When you throw for nearly 5,100 yards and 50 touchdowns, pretty sure you're going to win MVP. Unbelievable season for Mahomes. You have, again, no surprise, Rookie of the Year goes to Saquon Barkley. He had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 15 touchdowns. Your coach of the year was Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears. He brought them to a 12 and 4 record and won the NFC North. Did a great job with that freaking defense, my God. And then you have comeback player of the year Andrew Luck. He had a phenomenal season as well, nearly five, uh, nearly 4,600 yards passing and 39 touchdowns, which I believe was good for third tied for third in the NFL. And then Defensive Player of the Year was Aaron Donald, just a beast. He had a record for defensive tackles with 20 and a half sacks. Your Defensive Rookie of the Year, who was snubbed of a Pro Bowl, mind you, would be Colts linebacker Darius Leonard, who also led the NFL with 163 total tackles. Your Walter Payton Man of the Year Award goes to Eagles defensive lineman Chris Long for his charity work off the field. So congrats to him. Then we finally have some answers from the Raiders. Okay, I can't even, I don't even, what do I call them? The San Francisco Raiders now? I don't know, but you've guessed it. The Raiders have decided to use Oracle Park which was formerly AT&T Park, which is home of the San Francisco Giants, to host their team's games next season. So obviously, by now you know, I've talked about it ample times, the Raiders have a falling out with the Oakland Coliseum and the city of Oakland, really. They're being sued and all this legal stuff. And so they're not playing their games in Oakland. There was talk they might go to London. Well, now Raiders fans can breathe a sigh of relief for the moment, okay? Because here's the caveat. Because they chose San Francisco, where another certain team, the 49ers, plays, that 49ers team has to waive their territorial rights in order for the Raiders to play there next season. And that has not yet happened as far as I know. And the NFL also has to approve this move, which has not happened either. So a lot to be um, figured out there. So still pump your brakes a little bit, but maybe some clarity in the coming days or coming weeks. Next up, the Dolphins and Bengals have officially named their head coaches. Now that the Super Bowl is over, they can name their coaches. So for the Dolphins, we all know they hired Brian Flores, who was the defensive coordinator, pretty basically linebackers coach and defensive coordinator for the, uh, excuse me, Jesus, for the Patriots, and then Zach Taylor was named head coach of the Bengals. He was the quarterback's coach for the Rams for the past two seasons, I want to say. And the Bengals, they also made a couple hires at offensive coordinator. They hired Brian Callahan, and they also hired Jim Turner as their O-line coach. And then the Patriots, they're another team. They lost their defense coordinator, so they needed a new guy to step in and fill that void. And they have hired none other than former Rutgers coach, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, former Ohio State defensive coordinator the one, the only, Greg Schiano. He has agreed to become the new Patriots defensive coordinator. We all know Belichick and Shiano have been friends for a very, very long time. Bill's son Steve was a lacrosse player and walk on long snapper at Rutgers when Shiano was there. Belichick has also. It also always, always, always seems to draft or pick up Rutgers players. He has three right now, the McCourty Twins and De'Ron Harmon. He's had Logan Ryan on before and just many, many others. You know, he's, had, he's picked up Kenny Britt for a few games. He loves his Rutgers guys, so I think that's going to be actually a really good fit whether you like Shiano or not, but um, yeah, it, it doesn't really—it doesn't even really matter how good Shiano is. I mean, he helped; he did help Ohio State. I mean, they—don't get me wrong—they have been great since Shiano has been there. Not really as good as they were maybe beforehand, but still one of the top defenses in the nation. Took a little bit of a slip this year, and with Urban Meyer stepping down, Shiano was not retained. So, quite frankly, he got a better job out of the gig. And then, man, oh man. It, to put things into perspective, boy, oh boy, the NFL, no matter what sport it is, really, what a cruel, cruel business. So Falcons kicker Matt Bryant, who is one of the best kickers in the game, has... Uh, I guess he he put this out on social media. I'm not really sure. He says that the Falcons will be releasing him. And why, why is that, would you ask? Well... I don't really know because Bryant missed one field goal in 2018, just one. He hit 95.2% of his attempts, which was a career best, a career best, okay? And he's well into his 40s, so he's been around a long time. I know he was hurt a lot this year, so I believe they are going to move forward with Giorgio Tavecchio, or or, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Tavecchio. Um, the young kid there that they picked up late in the season. So, um, yeah, that happened. But don't worry, because I'm sure Bryant will be picked up right quick. I don't think he'll be on the market for too long. All righty. Derek Carr got his money. The Raiders made a huge, huge payday to Derek Carr's checking account. He got his 19.9 mil base salary for the 2019 season. That became fully guaranteed. He signed a five-year, 125 $125 million extension, if you remember, back in 2017. So what does this mean for Derek Carr? Because, well, there have been rumors that Gruden is blowing up this team. Well, it's not rumors. We've seen it, trading Khalil Mack and, and Amari Cooper and such. And there's been grumb- uh, rumblings that he might part way with Derek Carr but see I don't buy that and this right here is proof in my opinion that you pay a guy that much money I don't see how you could possibly then go and trade him because yeah they have one of the top picks in the draft but the quarterbacks are not as good as Derek Carr And if you want to win, you stick with Derek Carr because I believe still he's your future. And I think Gruden has a a soft spot for, for, for Derek Carr. We saw that with his Gruden quarterback camp a few years ago when Carr was coming out of Fresno State. So, yeah, there you have that. Wow, that was it for the NFL. That was kind of painless. So the the 2018 NFL season is over. Pats are your Super Bowl champs, and yay, we can move on to what we really want to talk about because everybody is fully engaged with the NBA, and we're gonna talk trades. And I don't know why I have this as the first trade, as the first. Well, okay, I didn't. I don't have too much. Um, I I kind of went all over the place, but I'll start here. I'll just start here where it starts, but. We'll start with the Trailblazers. They sent Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin, and two future second-round picks to the Cavs for Rodney Hood. Portland is fourth in the West, right? So they are looking for that little extra something for the playoffs. And Rodney Hood, he was sitting sitting duck on the Cavs who are going absolutely nowhere, and he is a solid veteran presence. He knows the Western Conference from his time with the Jazz, and I think he's really going to help a Trailblazers team that, again, is trying to make that extra push into the postseason. All right, let's talk about Anthony Davis. Like I said earlier in the intro, he was not traded, okay, even though There was rumors he was going to go to the Lakers. He might go to the Celtics. He might go to the Knicks, yada, yada, yada. No, he was not traded. Okay, so pump your brakes on that. All right, uh, let's see. John Wall, oh boy. This, This was the real big, I almost forgot about this. This was the real big news just a couple of days ago. So John Wall is now out for the entirety of next season. He was out. About He was going to be out about six to eight weeks. There was some thought that because of the way the Wizards are trending that they might hold him out the rest of the season, dealing with some knee surgery there, and it was supposed to keep him out for six to eight weeks. Well, he had heel surgery back in January to clear out an infection, and all they found was a ruptured Achilles. Imagine that. So during this surgery for the heel, to, to, you know, for the infection of the heel, they discover that John Wall has a ruptured Achilles and guess what John Wall says? Oh, I, 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 I slipped and fell at my house. That's how I ruptured my Achilles. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you expect anyone to believe this? Come on, man. You gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. That's a joke. I'm not believing it for a second. But guess what? The real joke is on the Washington Wizards because they paid John Wall a four-year $170 million extension which kicks in next season. So guess what, baby? John Wall is going to get paid for free to not work. Imagine getting paid for a year and not even showing up to work. Like He doesn't even have to do anything. That is incredible. Only in this great country that we know and love. Okay, next up, another injury, uh, some more injury news. Mo Bamba, the rookie center for the Orlando Magic, he will miss significant time with a stress fracture in his left tibia. It was caught early enough. It sounds worse than it is, but it was caught early enough. It's basically a broken leg. No surgery will be needed but it is a damper. It puts that uh it puts the magic in a tough spot. They're a young team, but they were looking to make a push at a playoff spot. So that makes it that much more difficult. All righty. Tuesday, let's talk about LeBron James and what he did on Tuesday. LeBron passes the 32,000 point threshold. Wow. He moves in to fifth all-time. Okay? And LeBron was very quick to congratulate himself, to pat himself on the back on IG, on Instagram. He posted all about it. There's only one damn problem, LeBron James. He posted this on Tuesday night, about an hour or two after he suffered the worst, most embarrassing loss of his entire NBA career, a 42-point drubbing at the hands of the Indiana Pacers, and what's more is that while his teammate Brandon Ingram was at the free throw line, Pacers fans were shouting, "LeBron will trade you," because obviously the AD rumors. LeBron was pretty much, let's be real, LeBron orchestrates everything that happens to every team he's on. That's why he's gone through so many damn head coaches. But he is willing to trade. There was rumors that he was that they that the Lakers were willing to trade Brandon Ingram. Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Zubak, Josh Hart, and two first round picks for Anthony Davis. That did not happen, but that's about damn well your whole damn team. So uh, yeah, I am very. I'm not- am I shocked? Yes. Surprised? Not really, because LeBron just doesn't get it. He does not get it. Okay, I'll get into the Kevin Durant stuff in a a little while later in the show, and you'll understand where I'm going with this, but somebody once told LeBron to just shut up and dribble, and I won't go that far because that's a little much, um, because athletes, you know, everybody in this great country has their freedom of speech and can say essentially what they want to a certain degree. So I don't want to put anybody in their place by, or I don't want anybody to think that I'm telling LeBron that he's just a basketball player and he's too dumb to speak his mind. It's nothing like that. I just think he puts his foot in it. He needs to put his foot in his mouth and just in, be careful of what you're saying. Because Michael Jordan would never have made something about himself when his team just lost by 42 points. I mean, there's no I in team. There's not. This ain't an individual uh, sport. If you want an individual sport, go play tennis. Go play golf. All right? Go throw a javelin or something. Okay. And there's more. I will get to more on LeBron, I believe, later in the show. Um, the Sixers. Here was really the big the first big trade, which many, many people missed on Wednesday in the early hours of Wednesday morning. We're talking 2-3 a.m. The Sixers acquired Tobias Harris from the Clippers. Excuse me. This was a big time trade for the Sixers, okay? Because Tobias Harris is a big time player and he's gonna help them a lot. So, all right, here's here's the full full details of this trade the clippers get tobias harris bobon Marjanovic, mike scott for landry chamet wilson chandler mike muscala a 2020 first rounder a 2021 unprotected first rounder via miami and two second rounders and i will there's more i will get to on muscala later in the show Elton Brand is doing a phenomenal job as a first-year GM of this Sixers team. They are built for—they're building themselves not only for this season, but for the future as well. I don't think they're there yet, but this is now Elton Brand's second big-time trade this season. Obviously, we remember when he went out and traded with Minnesota and got Jimmy Butler. So he's really building a nice little core four there in Philly. So good job, kudos to Elton Brand. He seems to get it. The Miami Heat traded Tyler Johnson to the Suns. This was really swap uh, a swap of some bad contracts. Johnson was the starter for much of the season. He got hurt, came back. It's kind of weird to figure out what Spoelstra's been doing with him because he just wasn't he wasn't gelling the last bunch of handful of games. So uh, Tyler Johnson headed to the Suns in return. Miami will get Ryan Anderson. Wayne Ellington was also shipped in this deal over to Phoenix, but his agent, was, last I heard, was working on a buyout so he can join somewhat, uh, I guess, a playoff contender or a team that's because the Suns are are vying for that number one spot. And next up, I spoke about this, I want to say last week, but Thon Maker, he was not happy. In Milwaukee and he demanded a trade well he did in fact get traded to the Pistons for Stanley Johnson and then speaking of the Pistons they then also made another trade trading away Reggie Bullock to the Lakers for Spy Luke. and um, the Pistons although that's kind of a sell because veteran point guard and Reggie Bullock they are still vying for a playoff spot that's a decent team there I believe they're in seventh or eighth, vying for that final spot there. The Wizards, they made not a surprise move because we all know that they've now lost John Wall for a number of games uh, next year as well. And so um, not the season they've wanted. So they traded away Otto Porter, sent him to the Bulls for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. And then Amon Shumpert was shipped off to the Rockets in a three-team deal, so he goes from the Kings to the Rockets. This one's a little bit of a mouthful, so bear with me here. So Schump goes to Houston, Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight go to Cleveland, and Alec Burks and a second-round pick are headed to Sacramento. And then I mentioned Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin earlier. Well, they got shipped off from Cleveland, this time to the Rockets. And then the Rockets sent them to the Pacers. And last I heard, they were going to waive, I believe, Nick Stauskas. I'm not sure about Baldwin. They might be waving both of them. Not 100% sure. Okay, and then Harrison Barnes, he got traded mid-game to the Kings. A little surprising, um, this one, I thought, was. So, Schumper after that trade, the Kings make this trade with Dallas, and the Mavs in return, they will get Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. And I should have, uh, I should have grabbed this. But LeBron, he had some words about this Harrison Barnes trade, talking about how the league and the NBA and and teams how they traded him mid game and did him dirty, but it's okay and all this other stuff because you know. So um, if you want to see that, I want to say uh, he posted it again on IG and, and something about it. But uh, yeah, he just needs to to uh, to just stop and, and relax. Okay, um, and then we have the Pelicans. Okay, so they did not trade Anthony Davis, but they did make another move, and they traded with the Washington Wizards, so the Wizards were a little bit busy here trying to get under that luxury tax threshold, so they dealt uh Markeith Morris not Marquise, Marquis Morris and a 2023 second round draft pick to the Pelicans in exchange for Wesley Johnson the Pelicans then traded Nikola Mirotic probably one of their best players to the Bucks for Jason Smith and Stanley Johnson the Bucks this is an absolute steal Miritich is averaging 16.7 points and 8.3 rebounds over 32 games this season. I would know he's on my fantasy team. I need him to stay healthy. When he is healthy, he's a top 50, top 60 player. And for a team that shoots a ton of threes, this is a great fit for Miritich. I believe he is second in the NBA, averaging 2.5 catch-and-shoot three-pointers just behind Klay Thompson. So uh, yeah, that's he's no joke, and he's definitely going to help the best team in the East. They just got a little bit better. And then, well, the other team that they're fighting for with the best record would be the Toronto Raptors. They weren't going to sit by and watch the Bucks get better, so they in turn went ahead and made a big-time trade with the Memphis Grizzlies to secure Mark Gasol. His name was on the trade block for a long time. This was um, going to happen. It was only a matter of time. So Mark Gasol is on the move to Toronto for Jonas Valanciunas, Dellen Wright, C.J. Miles, and a 2024 second-round pick. Gasol is another guy on my fantasy team, so I know him very well. Having a great year, averaging 15.7 points, 8.6 rebounds, and 4.7 assists per game this season has played his his entire 11-year career with the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies were also not done there. They traded Garrett Temple and Jemichael J. Green to the Clippers for Avery Bradley. All right, the Raptors were not finished there. Minor trade with the Nets. They sent Greg Monroe to the Brooklyn along with a 2021 second-round pick. Keep in mind that Sean Marks made this deal just to secure this pick. They will pay Monroe about $530,000 for the rest of the season and another $110,000 to Toronto. They plan on waiving Greg Monroe. So again, this was all about recouping that second round pick. I believe second round picks on average, they go for about $2.5 million, so he did that he got a second round pick for significantly less than that. So I guess that's a good move for the Nets. They did not. I was hoping the Nets maybe would go after a guy like Gasol. I thought that would have been good as they're making their push into the playoffs, but they're not a real contender just yet. So Marks doesn't want to give away any of his young assets. So good job there. And then uh, finally, a former number one overall pick, you guessed it. Markel Fultz has been traded. So the process is over, okay? Because Fultz is done in Philly. I we all knew this was um this was only a matter of time. This was not working. Of course, he's been rehabbing with the with the thoracic outlet syndrome. And so he goes to the Magic for Jonathan Simmons. OKC's first round pick and Cleveland's second round pick. I'm not really sure exactly what year that is. I apologize for that. But uh, we all know, like I said, thoracic outlet syndrome hasn't played since November and was only averaging about 8.2 points. Simmons, on the other hand, Jonathan Simmons, is averaging 6.9 points in 41 games this season. So what does that say? about what the Sixers were able to get for a former number one overall pick. It doesn't say a lot. It does not say a lot about Markel Fultz. And I guess the Magic, you know, they really didn't have to give up much, so they're just hoping on a long shot that they could could develop Fultz back into what everybody thought he was going to be when he was drafted number one. And I've been saying this, guys, for a long time. You had Fultz go one and Lonzo Ball go number two. Is that not the worst number one and number two picks in the history of the NBA draft? Have, te- have they got never gotten it so wrong with the first two picks before? Unreal. Two of the worst shooters I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And they went number one. In- I know for facts, absolute facts. I'd love to, I would love to challenge Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball to a free throw shooting contest because I would absolutely smoke them. These are two NBA players making millions and millions of dollars. M- me, all five foot four, 120 pounds, the podi, and I guarantee you I would smoke both of those cats in a free throw shooting contest. Better yet they could combine their free throws against mine. So it's basically two against one, and I guarantee you I would still smoke them. It's unreal. Unreal that these guys are making millions and they can't shoot a goddamn basketball. Isn't that what they're getting paid to do? Ridiculous. Okay, let's talk about some fun stuff because we've got All-Star Weekend coming up next weekend. All right. We start I'll start with, we'll get into the all-star game, the draft that took place last night, which was finally televised. I want to start with my favorite, the Mountain Dew three-point contest, which has expanded to 10 players. We have returning champ Devin Booker. He will be back. Another former, another pair of former champs in Steph Curry and Dirk Nowitzki, right? As well as Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton. Kemba Walker, Seth Curry, Steph's brother. I talked about them competing against each other back in their hometown of Charlotte. Then you have Danny Green, my man Joe Harris of the Nets, and Buddy Heald. Okay, next weekend, uh, next week's episode, I will get a little more in-depth and I will give you who, my winner, who you think, who I believe is going to win. So, hey, if you download the Anchor app, you could send me a message who you guys think is going to be the winner. Any questions, comments that you have about All-Star Weekend because I won't be able to play it until next weekend's episode, next Friday's episode, which would be a perfect time because it will be the day before All-Star Weekend kicks off. So how cool is that? And then Enos Cantor, he is finally free. The Knicks could not find a suitable trade partner for him. Why? Well, because he had... An expiring eighteen point six million dollar deal. Nobody wanted to take that on, so they bought him out. He's now a free agent. He can sign anywhere. There are there are some rumblings, some rumors. That's all it really is. But Boston Celtics, they do have an open roster spot. Um, but they are they have been uh, Danny Ainge, I believe, said that they are not will, they're not going to um, do anything right now. They're just going to take it easy with that open spot and leave it open for now. Um, So yeah, it doesn't look like Cantor will be headed to Boston. We'll see where he winds up, but he's finally out of New York, and maybe he goes somewhere where he could actually play. Also, the Knicks, they traded Porzingis for for Wes Matthews and DeAndre Jordan. Well, Wes Matthews, they are also going to be, excuse me, they did waive him, and he will be signing with the Indiana Pacers. Okay, I talked about Mike Muscala, who was traded to the Clippers earlier in the week. He has now been traded to the Los Angeles Lakers for uh, Michael Beasley. Okay, Beasley and iva, uh, Ivica Zubac are headed across town to join the Clippers. It's a little interesting because you don't see that too often where two crosstown rivals essentially trade with each other, but I do, I like this guy Zubac a lot, and more than likely, this was a trade for Zubac. They don't care about Beasley because he's been around for 100 years and he just really hasn't... He's been up and down his whole career and he can't stay off the weed, as Stephen A. would say. But uh, Zubac is just 21 years old. He's a solid player. He's had a couple 20-point, 15-rebound-type games this season, so uh, good for him. And again, like I said, it's the second time this week that Muscala has been traded. He was traded in the Tobias Harris deal on Wednesday morning. That's right. All right, back to the all-star draft that took place last night. I told you I would have it here for you, and I do. And there was some funny back and forth. So this was on TNT with Kenny, Charles, Shaq, uh, those boys. So this was pretty funny. You had LeBron and Giannis. They were voted by the fans as the two captains, and they were picking their teams. This was the first time that this was televised. So LeBron took... Kevin Durant with the first pick, okay, and then Giannis took Steph, and then it went back and forth like that, so I will give you the starters, so on LeBron's side, you have starting with him, you have Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden, that is a stacked five right there, and then for Giannis, he has Steph, Joel Embiid, Paul George, and Kemba Walker, And the reserves on LeBron's side, we have Klay Thompson, Damian Lillard. There was our first ever trade. I'll talk about that in a second. LeBron had Ben Simmons, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Towns, Carl Anthony Towns. For Team Giannis, you have Chris Middleton, Nikola Jokic, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, and Nikola Vucevic. So I want to play some sounds from that, some clips, because it was obviously the first ever televised uh, all-star draft. So here is here's one of them, and I didn't mention uh, this guy's name just simply because I wanted to play this out. But this guy has been um, he was selected to LeBron's team as a reserve. Watch this.
1: Best way to do this for Giannis to trade everybody on his bench for Anthony Davis. (laughs) 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 I think that'll be. (laughs) We good. We good. It's approved. (laughs) It's it's approved on this. It's approved.
0: So, he Charles is talking about Anthony Davis because LeBron has uh, picked Anthony Davis as one of his reserves, and obviously, ha he tried trading for Anthony Davis and sending his entire team for him. So, I thought that was pretty funny, and they were all able to laugh about it. And then, um, you have, I, I forgot these these couple guys, you had um, four... LeBron side. He also had Bradley Beal and special edition Dwayne Wade and Team Giannis, Kyle Lowry and special edition Dirk. Dirk. Um, so here was another. Here was another bit from from that draft last night. Listen to this one. This is pretty funny. This is from Giannis um, after LeBron makes a certain selection.
1: Uh, with my first pick in the second round, I'm going with Anthony Davis. You sure you want him to be your to teammate? Him. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm very sure of that. (laughs) Isn't that tempering?
0: (laughs) So probably should have played that one before the Charles bit to give you some more context, but yeah. So there was this funny banter back and forth and it was really, it was really cool and and entertaining. And this is what I hoped for last year when they announced that they were doing this all-star, all-star draft with the captains and such, and they were picking their teams. I was really hoping that they would televise it. So really great that they did that this year. I'd love to know what the numbers on the viewership was on that. Um, And then finally, I did mention that LeBron selected Dwayne Wade, of course. So listen to this pick.
1: I have a, a, a sneaking suspicion which direction you're going to go. Oh, politics? absolutely. Yeah. Everyone in the world knows who I'm going with, and I'm going with Dirk. I'm just <laughs> 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 I'm going with my buddy Dwayne Wade. <laughs>
0: so did anyone hear LeBron? Like he thought he was being so clever and so funny. He was like, ah ha ha! Like, no, I'm not taking Dirk sucker. I'm taking my boy D Wade. We we out here in Miami, we we done won championships and such. Dude, yeah, it was it was like slightly funny, but but check yourself, fam. Okay, back up a little bit and just watch. LeBron, he's he's on another level this week, man. He's really getting under my skin. I mean, do you know the total disrespect of Dirk? Yeah, you know why you don't want Dirk on your team? Cause he beat you in the damn 2011 finals when he never should have. But that's because Dirk is a gamer and a player. And you are not, well, I mean, yeah, you are, but you're the best in the world, but, you know. I always like to just hate on LeBron. It's fun for me. I mean, come on, what else is there if I don't hate on LeBron? For all of you guys listening saying, man, he really hates LeBron, I do, but it's all in good fun. I respect him. I know how good of a player he is. I just try to find every single little flaw that there is and and, and, and pick it apart. And this week, he made it really, really easy. So uh yeah that was that. But like I said, I really did enjoy this this uh draft. The fact that they televised it. I hope they bring it back next year because it is. It's fun, it's engaging for the fans, and I think this is what the other sports are lacking, especially baseball. They have to have something more fan interaction. I heard this talked about a lot on the radio. There's a lot of rule changes that are being talked about in baseball trying to speed the game up and put a pitch clock and and limit the amount of times you draw to first and bringing the DH to the National League, which I am all for that one. But it's not really about speeding up the game, I don't think, because football games last three and a half hours too. I think it's about the fan engagement, the player engagement with the fans. That sort of lacks. I don't really want to digress too much, but um, yeah, that's what I really think separates the nba from all the major sports is that they have really really good fan engagement and it seems like they get it and they know what they're doing and they're moving in the right direction and all-star weekend is the best time of the year when it comes to the nba season i love it Just in general, you have the All-Star weekend, middle of February, right? February 15th weekend. And then segue right on into March Madness, ladies and gentlemen. We're almost there. We are one month away. Get your brackets ready. Okay, I don't want to digress, but I just wanted to get that out there. That's it. That's enough of the All-Star talk, okay? All-Star draft. Those are your teams. Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. Personally, personally, these are my feelings on it. I honestly believe Team LeBron is going to smoke Team Giannis. I mean, I don't know how you compete with a starting five of LeBron, Durant, Kyrie, Kawhi, and James Harden. I just, I find that very, very difficult to compete with. But anyway, let's finish up this NBA shop stuff, uh, stuff real quick. Last night... So after all this, after LeBron was on TNT, after he made his all-star selections, picked his team and everything, after the this week-long saga with the Anthony Davis trade rumors and getting blown out by 42 points on Tuesday, they had to go and play a game in Boston, okay? And this was a game in which they were getting blown out early on, pretty handily, might I add. To that as well. But then they came out on the scene in the third quarter and they exploded. I think they had 42 points in that corner, excuse me, quarter in the third, their best quarter of the year by far for the Lakers. And it came down to down the stretch. The personally, the Celtics blew this more than the Lakers won it, in my opinion. But give credit where credit is due. I'll uh I'll play this clip. This was the game winner. From Rajon Rondo.
1: Ingram still dribbling. Ingram to the rim, all the way to the basket. Blocked by Harford. Ball's loose. Grabbed by Rondo for the win. He got it. Rajon Rondo at the buzzer. A follow-away two-pointer. Lakers 129. Celtics 128. It's over on a game winner by Rajon Rondo. How do you like them apples? Yeah, you
0: I don't know who that is on the radio call, but that is absolutely glorious in Boston right there. I love a passionate call like that. Awesome. So, yeah, little context. The Lakers were were putrid from the foul line, and the Celtics were 19 of 19 at one point. I think they might have finished 20 for 20, something like that, whatever it was, right? And the Celtics just kept letting the Lakers get back in it. There were some loose balls that I thought the Celtics could have gotten some 50-50 balls, but they were unable to secure the rebounds. There was a play where LeBron was uh, being guarded by Kyrie Irving and he couldn't seem, he he couldn't get, he wasn't trying to get past him to get to the hole. It was a total mismatch. And then he gets pushed toward the baseline and he's losing the ball out of bounds. He somehow throws it back inbounds, gets it back in the corner and hits a crazy three. Which tied the game. I want to say at like 124, and then that final uh, that final play that you just heard there was one in which Al Horford blocked um, Brandon Ingram, who had no, who was just lost under the basket, gets blocked, and then Al Horford has a clear chance to get the rebound, and he just isn't able to come up with it. It bounces off his fingertips. It goes right to Rondo, where he barely just catches and fires, and it was. It was one of those perfect shots where if you if you've ever played basketball, you know what I'm talking about. It's one of those where everything just comes together so perfectly. You just catch and have you don't even think about it. You just have to get it off and it comes out of your hands so perfectly, so smoothly that it just hits nothing but net and they get the big time win. It now brings the Lakers back over 500 at 28 and 27. Okay. I've been waiting the entire show to talk about these last two points that pertain to the NBA before we move on to our last bit of coverage here. And I am super excited about this. If you will listen to last week's episode, I was I was in beast mode that whole entire thing, right? That whole way through, I was on another level. I was I was amped up, I was fired up. Well, I'm about to I'm about to hit beast mode on these last two topics boy here we go all right earlier in the week kevin durant had some words with some reporters after a game i don't want to i don't want to reveal anything i'm just going to play this clip here it is
1: kevin the uh, free agency thing really hadn't been that much of a discussion coming to you because we got it loud and clear at least we most of us should have that it was off off limits don't go there problem now no, just that you've been quiet and you're not usually quiet. You usually share your opinions and stuff. So everybody's like trying to figure out what's going on. And we we're all getting questions from fans like, what's wrong with Kevin? i just telling him he's playing okay, but he's not talking right now. I just don't trust none of y'all. Every time I say something, it gets twisted up and thrown out. And so many different publications try to tear me down with my words that I say. So when I don't say nothing, it's a problem. I just want to play ball. I want to go to the gym and go home. That's all. Is that a problem? All right, then. Yeah, I mean, how how are you playing? How is the team playing in the last couple weeks? I'm done. You know you don't care about that. I just asked you. Have a good night. So, yeah,
0: Durant is popping off. And really what this stems from, guys, is, and gals, is that Durant refuses. There are, you know, he... There's rumors he's not going to re-sign with the Warriors, okay, that he might be coming to New York to become a Nick. There's a lot of rumors going on, and he refuses to put any of this to bet. So that's what this is stemming from, and he's sick and tired of it. And guess what, Kevin? It is your job. You are supposed to talk to the media. So in the context that I said before, I hate when LeBron like says the wrong thing and gets in trouble with the media and just does stuff that pisses me off. Yeah, in that sense, I wish he wouldn't have said anything. So I get what Kevin is saying here, where he just wants to play basketball and go home. But guess what? You're on the best team in the NBA, the best team in the world. The spotlight is on you, and you're not even in a big market city like New York. What are you going to do if you come to New York and you get asked these types of questions every single day? You can't just be hostile and say, I'm not talking to you and leave. No, because you are a... You are... Kevin Durant is as big of a star in basketball as there ever is. He's a celebrity. He can't go anywhere without being seen or or recognized. He is the number two player in the NBA, second best player behind LeBron. So everybody wants to know every little thing about his life. Yes, they want to know where he's going to be headed next season. If he's coming back to the Warriors, if he's going to the Lakers, what's the deal? But here's my theory on this. Kevin Durant was in this interview wearing a Chicago White Sox hat. Mm, maybe Kevin is going to go to the Chicago Bulls, eh? I'm sure Lake uh, uh, Knicks fans don't want to hear that because they've all told me already that Kevin Durant for show is coming to the Knicks. My friend already posted in one of my group chats, he literally just posted about uh, uh, an hour ago before I started this podcast, somebody, there is a... Um, a Tinder account that said that it's a picture of Kevin Durant, and it says Kevin and all about him and whatnot. So they're all over it, Nick fans. They're all praying and and wishing that Kevin Durant comes to the Knicks because they've got a plan, man. They're gonna get Anthony Davis, we Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and then they're gonna get Zion, and it's gonna be all great and glorious. And I keep reiterating this week in and week out, but I don't want to harp on my hatred of the Knicks too too much. But um, so. That's what Kevin Durant said, and here's what Chris Broussard had to say in response to this as one of those media-type guys.
2: When KD says, I just want to play basketball, no, you don't. If you just want to go to the Y and don't get paid and just be one of these dudes running open gym all day. You want to play (laughs) basketball? You want to make the millions of dollars? You want to get all the perks and benefits and the the fame and the women and the shoe deal and all that? All right, this comes with the territory. And part of it for KD is knowing who you are. Like a Michael Jordan and a Tom Brady, clearly they thrive off the negative uh, criticism and stuff in the press. Mm. Some guys are indifferent to it. Other people are so sensitive and their personality are people pleaser. And when they see criticism, it gets in their head and they got all these voices in their head and can't do their job. If I were advising KD, if I was his agent, Rich Climbing, his boys, whatever, KD, you need he needs to get off social media. KD, do not go to New York by yourself <laughs> because you're not going to win a championship and they will destroy you. They will kill you.
0: Yeah, he's absolutely right. And this is why none of these guys, no LeBron, nobody is ever going to be like Michael Jordan. It's even like my man, Derek Jeter, my favorite player of all time. Do you ever recall any of these guys being criticized heavily in the media or ever doing something like creating burner accounts, which Kevin Durant did do once upon a time in OKC? And yeah, I just think Today's day and age. I call it something. I cannot say it on this show because (laughs) I I will get in a lot of trouble. But um, those of you that are close to me know exactly what I'm talking about. It is today's day and age. Yes, I get the whole social media thing wasn't prevalent back in Jordan's day and even really in Jeter's day for most of it. But these guys nowadays are so freaking sensitive and they care so much what everybody thinks of them. When it comes, when I say I I don't want LeBron to talk about certain things and get himself in trouble, I don't like when players talk about stuff that's outside of their job. So I don't really. I don't really care for when LeBron talks about like the political stuff and he tries to make big bold statements or when they were wearing, all wearing those damn t-shirts when um when I I guess was it Trayvon Martin when he was shot and killed or or or, or whatever um I don't I don't like necessarily like that because you're kind of ostracizing a certain demographic, you're kind of standing up for one thing, but at the same time, you're you're hurting another set of people. So I just think that in that sense, you're kind of pushing people that look up to you as purely basketball players and purely athletes, and it gives them a different perspective that they might not necessarily like. So in that respect, I think that's when basketball players should just do what they do best, which is play basketball. So I, I sort of get what KD is saying. He wants to just play basketball, but I'm sorry, man. Like Broussard said, you are getting paid millions of dollars. It is your job. You have to answer questions from the media. And these questions are not so out of line that you should not be able to answer them. All right. Give some cockamamie answer. At least give us something that we can run with. But when you do something like this and you refuse to answer the question and show that it is bothering you and it is getting under your skin, yes, you need to have some thicker skin because, huh, again, you better not be coming to New York with that same type of attitude. You know what I mean? Jelly bean. And then finally, finally, the story I have been waiting for this entire show. That I am dying to talk about. I wish I had some some more uh sound bites, some like funny sound effects to play after this, but oh my goodness. It took us nearly half the season. We made it almost through the season without hearing from this bumbling idiot, LeVar Ball. But it has finally happened. I don't know why these friggin' sports shows continue to have this man come on air and spew this bs out of his mouth i mean i guess because we're all paying attention and it, the numbers the the ratings must go must go through the roof when he's on there but okay here he, he, LeVar Ball was on undisputed. Granted, he's been talking for the past week because his son Lonzo was rumored in trades, to, trade rumors to go to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis, and he was saying, oh, I don't, want Le- I don't want Lonzo going to the Pelicans. Why? Because they have two established point guards that are better than him. And Drew Holiday, Alfred Payne, he didn't want his son to be the third string sitting on the bench because he can't shoot no free throws or shoot period. So basically... He wanted him to, instead of getting traded to uh, to the Pelicans, if he did get traded, he wanted him to go to Phoenix. Why? So, because he thinks all three of his sons could go make a dynasty in Phoenix with the Suns, and they could build a, a big baller brand team. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. He's totally out of his freaking mind. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only,
1: LaVar Ball. Lonzo is not the best player on that team now. Are you crazy? Are you saying Lonzo better than LeBron? Yes.
0: Did you just hear that? LeVar Ball just said that his son, Lonzo, who is shooting 40% from the foul line, is better than LeBron James, the best player in the world. And he truly believes that. He absolutely believes it. The man is cuckoo for Coco Puffs. The man averaged two points and, like, one rebound in college when he played basketball. And he said that he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. I mean, he is out of his flipping mind. Here's the rest of it. See,
1: you, you lost hey, me on that. Hey, hey I'll lose you there. again. I'll lose you again. You can't go there. I'll make Lonzo, so, better than LeBron if I'm coaching, because I'm going to let him loose. We ain't doing good. Because we close in age. We got a mm-hmm. lot of the same. Mm-hmm. But then, and then you ruined it by talking about Lonzo is better than LeBron. You know that's not true. I mean, how do you, how do you judge LeBron being better than my son? I ain't going to say nobody better than my son. It's okay. If it's true. But if my son can play, which I know what I put We're into it, he can As far play. as shooting and passing and playing and running, LeBron hurt. He's getting old. He's getting old. LeVar. He getting old. Levar. i tell you this. He can't go Alonzo on that fast break. 40% from the free throw line. How can he be better than the GOAT? You talking about percentages shooting on free throws? Okay. Don't tell me about no free throws. Okay, what about he free been in the league for a long time. What was about LeBron shooting from the free throw line? Like I can tell you what. He been in the league a long time to nothing. not be able to make no free throws.
0: I don't know about LeBron being the GOAT. I mean, but this guy is just out of his mind. I... At this point he's got he just says things to say it. He says whatever it is it, he comes on every time and tries to upstage his previous self and say something even more incredulous and even more headline worthy and newsworthy because that's what this this loser is all about. He's about grabbing the attention and the headlines and his whole big baller brand and and whatnot. He's taking shots at Luke Walton. I mean, (laughs) sucks to be the Lakers. I mean, hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. We all knew this was going to happen if you drafted Lonzo Ball. No matter what team drafted him, you were getting his father, LaVar, as a package deal. And this guy does not keep quiet. Magic Johnson, one of the greatest basketball players ever to live, who is who is running this Laker organization right now. LeVar Ball went on to say he compared Magic Johnson to the Wizard of Oz, calling him the man behind the curtain, saying that he's just the face of this franchise because it came out. Apparently, I don't even know if this is true or not, but Lavar is saying that Magic Johnson really... Excuse me, really wanted to draft DeAaron Fox over Lonzo Ball, but because he didn't get his guy, that that must mean that this is Genie Buss's team and that uh Magic is just the face of the of the franchise. Are you kidding me? How do you say that about Magic Johnson? How do you say that about the people running the Lakers, the team that your son plays on? And yet every I I have yet to see Lonzo Ball come out and And refute anything his father says. He needs to distance himself from this. And I can promise you. This is why he shoots 40% from the free throw line. Because he gets to the line every time. And he's thinking oh my god. My father says I'm better than LeBron. How can I be better than LeBron. If I can't even make a foul shot. So that's part of the problem. He's probably such a head case. Lonzo because of this man. Because of what he's done. It's laughable. LeVar, I mean, this guy is laughable. It is, it is absolutely hysterical. Lonzo Ball, not only is he not better than LeBron James, he's not even the second or third best player on his own team. Laughable. This guy is a joke. An absolute joke. Woo! I'm fired up. Are you fired up? Let's do this. Let's switch gears now. I hope you guys are all caught up on everything that is NBA, okay? I got I tried to go through as many of the big trades as I could. There were some more smaller ones. So I didn't I did not go through every single small trade or every single trade that happened at yesterday's trade deadline. So if you want to find those out, hit up your teams' uh websites, you know, hit up ESPN, Twitter, whatever. Hit up Adrian Wojnarowski. Follow him on Twitter for all your news. He's the Adam Schefter of the NBA. All right, we're going to switch gears, talk about some baseball. Just real quick, two things here. Sad news uh, Frank Robinson, he died yesterday at the age of 83. He was battling some sort of illness. I'm not really sure. Um, if you don't know, Frank Robinson is a Hall of Fame player and manager. He won Rookie of the Year at the age of 20 after hitting, which is really funny because uh, he hit 38 home runs as a rookie back in the day, which was a, a record. Well, Aaron Judge has since hit 50-plus home runs as a rookie, so it puts, it really puts it in, 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 con- in context. Uh, Frank Robinson was also a 14-time All-Star, which is unreal. He currently ranks very underrated player. I mean, many people of this kids of these gener- of this generation, nobody really knows who Frank Robinson was because he played back in the 60s and 70s, but ranks 10th all-time with 586 home runs. I mean, this is no schlub. He was for real. And what's awesome about Frank Robinson, his claim to fame, besides all those great accolades is he is the only player to ever win the MVP awards in both leagues. So he won the MVP in 1960 uh, with the Reds in 1961 and then he won it again in 1966 as a member of the Orioles. So only only player to win MVP in both leagues. And even cooler, even better, his claim to fame, Frank Robinson became the first ever black baseball coach in the MLB. 1974, the Cleveland Indians hired him, and he became the first African American head baseball coach in Major League Baseball. His number 20 is retired by the Reds, Orioles, and Giants. And Man, did he he really did pave the way for African American coaches, although they really are slipping. Those numbers are really dwindling as uh head baseball coaches. But um he paved the way for the likes of Dust, your Dusty Bakers, your Willie Randolphs, Ron Washingtons, Lloyd McClendon's, and also uh Dave Roberts, who is your manager of the World Series. Dodgers, back-to-back World Series contenders, didn't win it, but made it to the World Series in back-to-back years. And then, so RIP to Frank Robinson, great player, great manager. He was with the Expos, he was managing the Expos when they transitioned into the Washington Nationals, so he was part of that. And now the Phillies have finally acquired JT Real Muto. The Phillies have actively been trying to get Harper Machado. Now they get a guy like JT Real Muto, which is really going to help. Real Muto, his name has been floated out there since the beginning of free agency. So this trade will include catcher Jorge Alfaro, right-handed pitcher 6-2 Sanchez, and left-handed pitcher Will Stewart, all going back to the marlins in exchange for jt real muto the phillies are not they they have still said they're still in the running for a machado and a harper they're still trying to get things done we still have no flipping idea where these two guys are going to end we're less than what 50 60 days from the start of the season and they have yet to sign spring training starts up very soon. Okay, pitchers and catchers are reporting very soon. We're talking a week away or so. So um yeah, we'll have to wait and see. They were hoping that they would get these big 10-year contracts. It's not happening. So it yet yeah, it it will, you know, have to wait and see, that's all it is at this point it is a waiting game and I, I really am sick and tired of it I wish they would just sign somewhere I don't even care if none of them go to the Yankees I'll be completely fine with that I just want all this drama to be over with already but let's move on couple more things to get through and we are done for the weekend alright gotta talk about soccer for a quick second some really sad news Emil- Emiliano Sala. He has died. So if you don't already know, back um, in the middle of January, January 21st, so Emiliano Sala, okay, he was signed to Cardiff City in the UK. He's from France, okay? And he was signed for like a record almost 20 million or whatever. And so he was set to go from France to Cardiff City. However, this was on January 21st. He took off in a very small, I guess one two-seater plane with him and the pilot on the 21st from Nantes, France. Well, the plane completely disappeared. And we all know what happened what what that means when a plane disappears and you cannot find it. The plane crashed. They were able to recover the plane, okay? It was discovered this week and Sala's body was in fact found in the wreckage of that crashed plane, putting to bed any hope that, you know, maybe he was alive, but in fact, he was, you know, he is deceased and it is sad for soccer fans. It's especially sad for his family, his father. I saw him on TV bawling and crying his eyes out in front of reporters initially when this took place. And knowing, ultimately, that your son is probably dead, but it's just that unknown of will they find the body, will they even find the plane. So in this case, they can get some rest knowing that their son's body was found and they could put him to rest the proper way. So RIP to Emiliano Sala. He was 28 years old. Next up, last bit, last segment here, we have our staple, on this week in sports, we have on this date. And I should have had a montage video or something to go along with this, but I don't. Wrap it up. We're about an hour and 20 minutes in. February 8th is the date, 1990. And we're talking about Clay Thompson because that was the day that he was born. So, what has Clay Thompson done in his life? I believe he is. Uh, 29 years old today well he's won just three nba titles made five all-star games and on top of that won an olympic gold medal so not too shabby for a guy that just turned 29 years old today likely going to win another another nba championship but um i i wished i was hoping he would have showed out for this three-point contest at All-Star Weekend. I was hoping that he would have stepped in because he beat Steph, who was probably the all-time greatest three-point shooter. But when it comes to just pure catch and shoot, I don't think anybody's better than Klay Thompson. So uh, happy birthday to Klay Thompson. And there was one, Oh, um, speaking of Olympic gold medals, right? I was reading earlier today the upcoming Olympics... They are going to be making medals, Olympic medals, out of recycled iPhones and other smartphones. How freaking cool is that? I just find that really interesting and really awesome. So uh, yeah, that's just my fun fact of the day. And then finally, unfortunately, it already started, but here's what's on tonight and this weekend. Give you guys some, uh, some games to watch this weekend while you're sitting at home on the couch if you're bored. So we've got tonight, this is a big game. It started at 7. I'm not even going to... This isn't going to upload till like 8 after 8. You've got Nuggets, Sixers. This is a big one because Tobias Harris is making his debut for the Sixers. This is on ESPN right now, ladies and gentlemen. Then tomorrow, you have... On the college side, you have a big time rematch between number two, Duke, and number three, Virginia. That's Saturday, uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. on ESPN. We all know what happened the last matchup. Virginia was undefeated. Duke, that was at Cameron Indoor. Duke won that game by two points. Unfortunately, I lost some money on that on a last second field goal made by Virginia. Okay, so let's uh, hope that I can win some more money this time around. I I will tell you right now, I am not going to bet on Duke this time. I am definitely going to bet on Virginia because I do believe that they will win this time around. I really believe that. And then finally, it's a light weekend. Nothing really going on Sunday. If you want to watch the Pro-Am, you can. I just saw before the show started, Tony Romo made an unbelievable shot from the concourse. Hit it to within about 3 three inches of the cup. So he was, they have those tents set up and those makeshift um, tent areas with the concourse and, um, and the seating areas and whatnot. And so he hit the ball on there and then he had to hit off of that. It's not grass. It's like a makeshift, I don't even know what. It's like, it, it, whatever it is, okay? Whatever it's made out of, like steel or something. And he had to hit off of that and he just hit an unbelievable shot. So, uh, there's that going on. And then tomorrow night on Saturday, that'll finish up on Sunday. Then tomorrow night, you have a big one between the Rockets and the Thunder. Big, big matchup, um, pair of Western Conference heavyweights. That's at 830 on ABC. And I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. About an hour and 25 minutes. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um... Go watch some, some sports this weekend. I will see you guys next weekend on Friday. Again, if you guys remember, if you want to be part of the show, hit me up on Anchor. Look up the show. You can send me a quick voice message. I promise anybody that sends me a message, I will place it in next week's episode. I will show it. I will shout you out. You can become part of the show. And what else? Uh, go listen to Glorious House of Gains every Wednesday about 9 p.m. on YouTube. Also, that will live on all the podcasting platforms. Every Wednesday, those get uploaded, but you could also watch us live. You can listen to my my sports minute on that show as well. I welcome everybody. If this was your first time listening, I really appreciate you. I hope you had fun listening to me rant for an hour and 26 minutes now. I will leave you to it. Go enjoy your weekend. Have a happy, healthy, safe next week. And I will see you guys next Friday. Pody out.